Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Isaiah 33 verse 6, many of you have known that portion of scripture and for some of you have read it over time probably on different um, occasions. But the Bible says in 33 verse 6, and wisdom, let's read one, two, three, let's go. It says, and wisdom, uh-huh, and knowledge shall be the stability of and strength of salvation. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. It means in these days that we're living in, or in the days Isaiah prophesies about in Isaiah 53, there was a time where men were stable because they were praying a lot. There was a time when men were stable because they were fasting a lot. We fast and we pray. But a time has come when men are going to be stable because they know a lot. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. There will come or has come a time now where men are going to be stable because of, they, of their knowledge. When the Bible says wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times, he knows signs will be necessary. But he knows when you have wisdom and knowledge, the signs will come. He knows miracles and wonders will be necessary. But he knows that when you have wisdom and knowledge, they will come. When we know God the way we are supposed to know him, the results of that glory follow us. You remember that song that I love? When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. He sheds a certain glory on our way in the light of his word. So when the word of God comes to our spirits every day, there's a certain glory. That's what I try to tell people. There's a difference between the anointing and glory. They are one and the same, but they are also different in a, in a way. The way you see that the Trinity is God, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, the three are one, but they have a difference in function. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. The anointing upon your life does not necessarily mean that you'll attract a certain glory. And the glory upon your life does not necessarily mean that you'll attract a certain anointing. That is why there are certain men who have never made lame men walk, but they can fill stadiums. And there are certain men who have raised dead people, and they can't pass the ten people. Because the men which raise the dead carry an anointing of a glory they can't represent. You get my point? And the men now who have never made the lame walk, but have thousands in their crusade grounds, they have understood the mind of pattern when you're dealing with the glory of God. Praise the Lord Jesus. The anointing of God is important upon our lives. So is the glory of God because the atmosphere of heaven is glory. In heaven we will not have oxygen. In heaven we will have glory. So when the light of his word comes up, the Bible says what a glory he sheds on our way. 
we are trying to create a place where men are moving in the glory of God because of what they know. Not necessarily because they have a cousin, sister who prays a lot or an uncle who keeps them in prayer in the United States. You get my point? So when he says that in that day, wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times and they shall be the strength of your salvation. It means when we define a strong Christian, we can define and shall define them by how much they know. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the difference between the gift and maturity. Giftings can produce the power of God. Maturity will produce the mind of God. You can be gifted but without maturity. You will and can demonstrate the power of God but you will not be able to demonstrate the mind of God. God is wisdom. The Bible says in Corinthians that he has been made our wisdom, our redemption and our sanctification. What is in it for us in this life of the body that is temporal except to know him? Paul says this is eternal life. John says this is eternal life. Everybody says this is eternal life. That you might know the one true God and his only son Jesus Christ. That's eternal life. The place called eternity is the place where you know God and his only son Jesus Christ. Some people think eternity is a year to come only. No, it can be used to denote the years to come, but it also can and is used to define the experience of the knowledge of God the Father and God the Son. When you know God, you are walking in eternal life. Hallelujah. The Bible says, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. You learn and cultivate your spirit to invest in the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. For us, our responsibility every Thursday to be here is we shall pump you with the word. We shall pump you with the word. We shall pump you with the word. Hallelujah. Until you start to see that your life change. Until you start to see a positive change in your life. Until you realize, hey, I, I think I'm moved. How many of you, after teaching, have felt you're moved? You, after the things you've learned, you, you feel you've moved to a certain place in God. And that's it. That's what the power of God is. That's what the word of God is. It has its inherent power. It has its inherent power. The word, if it's preached in all its truth, has its inherent power to perform. Hallelujah. So when he says that in the last days, knowledge and wisdom shall be the stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. It means we are living and we are moving more deeper in a time and it's going to become more important or expedient as we continue to come to the end of the world that men are going to be judged by how much they know. Not how much they pray and fast. Not that they won't be praying and fasting. And not that fasting and prayer is wrong. We all pray and we all fast. But we must know God. Even Muslims pray. Even Muslims fast. The one thing they don't carry is the knowledge of God. There is something in the coming days that is going to stabilize us. The Bible says that in the last days knowledge shall increase. Hallelujah. The last line of prophecy in the scriptures is the increase of knowledge. This was prophetically given by God. When he says that in the last days knowledge shall increase, it means that you're going to live in a time where God will be distributing knowledge in the last days. And the Bible says, and then the gospel shall be preached and the end shall come. Do you realize that the last end testimony of the, the world as is, is the teaching ministry of the gospel is the preaching ministry of the gospel. Do you realize that the end of the world coming to an end, the knowledge shall be distributed so much in the lives of people that men will start to 
preach and teach the word and then we shall be carried. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I told people one day that the coming of this rapture, this thing you people call rapture, the rapture is not going to happen to ignorant men. That is why after the rapture goes and they're explaining the experiences of them that stay back, the Bible says, and he that readeth shall understand. Meaning there were people then which were reading but were not understanding. And therefore the rapture is to men who understand. The place where the gospel is going to be preached to us so deeply that our mortal bodies shall defy any forces. And that shall be easy for us to be caught up. You better know much. You better know much. That is why later on when he's explaining the places of men which are, are, are struggling then, he gives experiences of men which were reading but were not understanding. He says, he that readeth shall understand. He shall understand. He shall understand. But by the time they're understanding, for you already caught up. For you already what? So brethren, like Paul says, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. There is a church God is coming for. For example, when the Bible says that I'm coming for a church without spot or wrinkle, who here is without spot or wrinkle? And how will the church get without spot or wrinkle? The church can only get without spot or wrinkle because they've been taught to spotlessness. The Bible says, for with my word I have cleansed thee. That's what the scriptures say. For you have been cleansed, you have been washed by the water, which is my word. So the essence of the word is cleansing. John 15, 3, he says, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So when he says that, that he shall come for a church without spot nor wrinkle, he's coming for a church which shall be clean by the word. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm clean by the word. Amen. Say, I'm clean by the word. Now, in this dispensation, we can't hear words that make us dirtier. Who has understood what I'm saying? We can't listen to words that are making us that year, we need to listen to words that make us clean and 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 clean because there are people who are in churches right now where they're listening to words that are making them that year and that year and unworthy and that year and that year. Hallelujah. I wish I could stress this enough that the stability of our times and the strength of our salvation is entirely based on wisdom and knowledge. You see, when the Bible says in, uh, I think, Corinthians 8, 8, that meat commendeth us not to God, many Christians read that portion of scripture as meat commendeth us not in God. But there's a difference. When the Bible says meat commendeth us not to God, it doesn't mean that meat doesn't commend us in God. There is a man to whom meat is commending to God, and God says meat commendeth us not to God. So nay that if we eat or if we eat not, is there any difference? God stays God. But let me tell you something. When you get into God, meat commendeth you. Who understands what I mean? When you get into God, meat what? Commendeth you. But when you're out of God, meat does not commend you unto God. In other words, the depth of the knowledge of God doesn't actually make you any better to God. But when you are in God, it makes you better. You get it? It's useless for a man to know Jesus died if he won't accept his lordship. 
It's useless for a man to know Jesus heals if he cannot cast out devils. So in the in-Christ truth, the meats commend us in God. But out of Christ, they do not commend us unto God. They don't make us better Christians. No, they make us better in Christ. And that's the essence of the fivefold ministry. He gave some apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers for the perfecting of the saints to the work of the ministry for the edification of the body until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son and to a perfect man and to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. That means at the end of the day before you die, by the time you die when you pass people say this is Jesus. Such as some of you on your tombstones. They don't put Naruke Engerita. They put Jesus born 19. (laughs) You understand what I'm trying to say? Why? Because you've gotten to the end of life and you are the perfection. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. John, the gospel of John. Let me read for you something. Open your Bibles. Open your Bibles. Chapter 6, verse 27. You know those people say, open your Bibles. You open now. John 6, 27. Let's go there. Uh-huh. One, two, three. He says, labor not for meat which perishes, but for meat which endures, and to everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. And the Bible says, labor not for meat which perisheth. That means there is such a meat that perishes. I wish some Christians understand. There is meat that perisheth. And there is meat that endureth till the end. Never forget that. When we are in the body of Christ as parts of the body, each supplying, every joint supplying, that there might be no schisms. Christians don't know that there is a place where we can labor in meats that perish. And there's a place where we can labor in meats that perish not. Many Christians think they're investing in eternity, but they only get to the end of their lives and realize that they were picking flowers. It's the observation that Paul has in the church when he sees men which are ministering in the line of service and then he says, "For how be it may be that among us thee I have seen busybodies. These, listen, they look like they are serving God, but to Paul, they are busybodies. They are busybodies. Because they are not laboring according to the spirit. They are laboring according to the flesh. He says, for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now, how can they be working not at all, but they are busybodies? They are working not at all, but they are busybodies. They are not doing anything in the spiritual realm, but they are busybodies. Think about it. They are not doing anything at all in the gospel, but they are busybodies. I realize that a man can teach and be a busybody. I realize that a man can worship and be a busybody. I realize that a man can testify and be a busybody. I realize that a man can clean a chair and be a busybody. 
Because people don't know the difference between the meats that perish and the meats that endure for eternity. Many people don't understand the distinctions of ministry that are ended with their own doing and the things that are eternal in Christ. Even though all of them seem outwardly as ministration to God, when you now draw back to knowledge, you realize that certain men can be weighed and found wanting. Now the pain of that is the Christian who will labor all their lives, busy body, laboring for meats that perish, and at the end of their life, they actually get to the and dissatisfaction and disappointment that they actually ran their race in vain because they don't understand the things that are behind what it means to labor by the Spirit. I'll give you an example, Galatians 2.2. 2. He says, and how I went out by communication and communicated unto them the revelation which was of God. God had given Paul a revelation. Listen, but firstly to them which are of reputation, lest I should run my race in vain. Lest I had run in vain. Let's read it in the Amplified. Amplified. He says, and I went up, listen, let's read. Because it was specially and divinely revealed to me that I should go, and I put before them the gospel, declaring to them that which I preached among the Gentiles. However, I presented the matter privately before those of repute. For I wanted to make certain by thus at first confining my communication to this private conference that I was not running or had not run in vain, guarding against being discredited either in what I was planning to do or I had already done. Give me the message version. The message version says, I went to clarify with them what had been revealed to me and at first I placed before them exactly what was preached to me, what I was preaching to the non-Jews and I did this in private with the leaders, those who held in esteem, those which were held in esteem by the church so that our concern would not become a controversial public issue marked by ethnic tensions, exposing my eyes of work to denigration and endangering my present ministry. Paul would have endangered his present ministry with a revelation from God. Yes, God had appeared, could have appeared to him. Do you understand? He said, I went up by revelation. God appeared to him and told them, this is the message they want. But there's a wisdom there that can bring all your work to denigration and all your years to nothing. If you do not understand the pattern that submits that kind of message to them which are of reputation, to them which are the leaders. Again, the ministry that tells you, hey, hey, honor those which are above you. There are people who have gone ahead of you. Are you honoring them? I'm just giving you an example. Do you realize that if Paul had refused to honor those men, he would have been a busybody ministering revelation given to him by God? Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? And that is why in, in the Christian faith, or the reason why we teach the things that we teach, we want to give people certain patterns. There are certain things we want to teach you such that you don't waste time. Many people have wasted time in things that profit their not. There are things in life, in the gospel, that don't profit. You find a prophet saying, me, as long as God speaks, I don't care whether any man. Now Paul said, God spoke to me. But I had the wisdom to put it before a man of reputation. Least I'll bring all my years to what? My, my whole work adherence to what? To the denigration and endangering my present ministry. Do you know Paul could have said something and he endangers his present ministry and after his ministry is destroyed, he thinks it's the devil. He, he attacks his prosecutors and, 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 and persecutors. Yet the problem is not persecution or the persecutors around him. The problem is he has not taken time to submit the message to them which are of reputation. Why? Because whether you want it or not, they are the senior pastors of those ministries. I'm just giving you an example. But don't worry, I'm going to come to practical senses. 
There are people who labor in business for nothing. There are people who labor at their workplaces for nothing. Because it's not purpose-driven. It's not assignment-oriented. Many people are, are, are too attentive to the callings and giftings of God upon their lives. But they are not attentive to the assignment of God upon their lives. And that is why there are very, let me tell you, there are very many busybodies in the church. That is why many people's ministries have been brought to denigration. They've been brought to vain, vanity. Many things, people started well and then you realize in the middle something happens. Why? Because they did not understand the difference between meats that perish and meats that perish not. Who understands what I mean here? Many people don't invest in meats that perish and meats, sorry, they don't invest in meats that perish not, but they invest in meats that perish. Do you understand what you tell? So sometimes we even have an excitement in the body of Christ. Do you know how many Christians, the Bible says, they will not stand sound doctrine. Just think about it. The Bible says they will gather their own teachers to hear what their itching ears want to hear. Do you know there are some men's spirits which can't stand sound doctrine anymore? They can't. It's too much. It's too heavy. They can't bear the insights like Paul calls it. The word becomes too heavy for their soul. Some sleep. Some become weak. Some give up. Some go back there. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? But the problem is not the word coming to you. The problem is you. The spirit of apostasy but the spirit of lethargy. When men divert from the gospel for so long, it creates a spirit of lethargy. And the spirit of lethargy creates a situation where iniquity abounds. And when iniquity abounds, the love of many waxes cold. And then they start to tell Christians, come and pray. First, sow seed. Attend service. Bambi, why didn't you sing last week? Come and play the piano. Okay, how much do you want? But you see, the problem is the laxity is on them. Lethargy is on them. And lethargy is on them because apostasy is on them. And apostasy is on them because Jezebel was there. Some people think Jezebel is just like a perverse thing. No. Jezebel kills anything called prophetic. Now prophetic, I don't mean this will come. People don't know that this is a sure word of prophecy. You get it? And that is why the warnings in the book of Revelations now shift the testimony of Balaam and he calls it the doctrine of Balaam. He says they entertain the doctrine of Balaam. But by the time the prophetic error in the Old Testament dispensation became a doctrine in the New Testament dispensation, they forget that that very spirit camouflaged itself in a teaching and preaching anointing in this generation. And that is why Balaam is sold up in the gang sayings of Korah. He knew how, do you know, that prophet Balaam knew, listen, the Bible says that the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things, sacrifice unto others and commit fornication. Do you know that when you read, when you study the story of Balaam, that man learned to live in two worlds of the spirit. He knew how to live as a prophet of God and he knew how to yield to a spirit of sorcerer and still prophesy because he loved money. And that is why there are certain sermons that can't end without money. Do you understand? Because that spirit will do anything for money. 
It will do anything for money. It will do anything for money. It will do anything for money. Anything. Anything. That's why Christians are manipulated. If you see a woman going back to the pastor, you know, but you see, the reason why all these things are happening is we are dealing with a particular spirit. We're dealing with a particular spirit. If men should give, let them be led by the Holy Ghost. Don't tell them the Lord showed you. Man of God, don't. Don't. Hallelujah. But the bigger picture now and for me is when the Bible says that in the last days the spirit, the spirit speaks expressly that men shall preach doctrines of the devils even as the doctrines of Christ. A man can stand in front of the pulpit and say last night the Lord came to me and this morning he was speaking to me about Job. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Job. And, and it looks so holy. But these are seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Even as a testimony. And, and, and today now, many Christians don't know the difference between God speaking and the devil speaking. Trust me. Today, if divination mantles a man, they can't know the difference between divination and prophecy. They don't know. So, when the Bible says that their ears have become grossly waxed, there are people whose ears are waxed. There are certain things they can't listen to anymore. They are too much. They are too much. You get my point? Until I start to realize, let me tell you, and I submit this to you, if the Bible speaks of meats that perish, and the Bible speaks of meats that perish not, whether you want it or not, there are meats that perish. And there are meats that perish not. Even in the works. He said that every work shall be tested by fire. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Every work shall be tested by fire. And he says, but if, if a man's work is burned, he shall be saved even as one saved through fire. But if a man's work endureth, he shall receive a crown. It means there are Christians whose works shall not endure a certain fire. Why? Because they ministered meats that perish. A line of depth, but without alignment of truth. Today, what we define as deep is complicated. What we call complicated is what we call deep. Yet the depth of God actually is the simplicity of the gospel. That's why he says men have been led away because of the simplicity which is in Christ. Jesus is too simple. The gospel is not supposed to be hard for you and for me. But we've created these myths that perish where we and created ministries that perish where we and men which are dependent on the perishables. That today, a Christian wants you to come and lay hands on them such that they get married. Oh, oh, the Bible says, look in the book. Look in the book. Look, search in the book. The problem is you're not reading your Bible. He says, seek ye out of the book of the Lord. You seek. If you would seek, you realize that no one of these shall what? shall fail. None shall want harm met for my mouth hath commanded and his spirit hath gathered them. You can't lack a husband unless you don't read the Bible. You'll read in the book and see. If you're not married, you're not reading the Bible. You read the Bible, you'll get married. You search in the book. Just search in the book. Search the book. 
You search the book. Tell you never searching a chitabo vamuzaki. Mugambe. Searching a chitabo. He said, None shall lack. They are met. None shall lack. Do you realize he says, Her mate, not a mate. You don't just get a mate. I remember. You don't just get a mate. Uh uh-uh. uh. Those my things of you pray. God brings, mm-hmm. if he brings a tall one, you say, hey, Yes, everybody. If he brings the one who's, mm-hmm, yeah. no. He says, None, sir. Yours is there. You're not late. You're not early. He's there. And he's not away, he's there. Yours is there. But some of you, you are blessing. Pastor, away, even the men who you should have married you, for them, they married other people. Then if yours can't marry another one, try to understand. God will be a liar. He said, none shall lack her mate. Why? Because the spirit has gathered them. Even though you don't see him physical, you are gathered. Somewhere you're gathered. Somewhere. I don't see it, Pastor. Read the book. Seek out in the book of the Lord. Tell anybody it's working. Tell them it's working, it's working, it's working, it's working. So, why are you in meats that perish? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's read. Let's continue. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might walk the works of God? And the Bible says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work. You, you're interested in works. Now we are trying to differentiate meat that perisheth and meat that perisheth not. Or is eternal. He said, listen to the wording. He said, Then they said unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works. Work the works of God. And what did he tell them? And Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God. That you believe on him whom he has sent. Now, let's go back. Hey, hey. He didn't say this is the work for God. Do you get it? He didn't say, this is the work for God that you might believe. No. He says, this is the work of God that you might believe on him who sent him. This is the work of God. He's not talking about the works for God. He's, in, in that portion of scripture, he's not telling you to believe. He's telling you God. He's telling you what God is doing. Yeah. Hallelujah. Then, and Jesus answered and said, this is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he has sent. Now, do you realize that the place where you believe on is pre-wired by his work on you? You're saved by grace through faith. While we were yet seen as Christ died, you get the principle. The principle is, this is the work of God that you might believe on him whom he had sent. This is the work of God. This is God causing you to believe on him whom he has sent. God is trying to tell you, you don't have a work there, but you want to work. Where is Sibia Kumirimu? 
Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? He's saying, you don't work. This is my work. My work, God, is to cause you to believe. The Bible says they cannot come except I draw them. No man, some people, I, I, oh, oh, I had a, a guy the other day, speak, and I know it was ignorant, but it was pathetic. He said, you know, I suffered a lot. And then I said to myself, why don't I get born again? Do you, know, do you know the meaning of that? It means God didn't do anything. In fact, God was done a favor. So he says, You get what I'm trying to tell you? Do you realize what I'm trying to tell you? When you start to think of salvation as that place where God waits for you to respond and not respect the door, then you're already in things that perish. You see, some of you must understand how serious this is. They say, how? If you knock, oh, he will what? So the Bible says you must what? Knock. Oh. But what do you knock? You knock on a door. Bless the God who put the door. Bless the God who put the door. Because you could have knocked a wall. So you can never escape the grace of God. And you can never come before it. And you can never minister above it. And you can never minister more than it. Even those people who criticize the grace, God gives them grace too. Then you say, how can God give grace to people to whatever? If God can give grace to a demon, grace to a demon, grace to a demon. He found demons in a man and then he says, the demon said at least, at least oh, did I? even at church TV, but at least you send us in the pigs. And the Bible says, and God answered there. If Jesus can answer the prayer of a demon, and how? Oh, if Jesus can answer the prayer of a demon the demon say, at least no way, at least you send us in a pig. At least came me for canes. The devils besought him, saying, If thou canst cast out, suffer us to go away into that heart. And what does the next verse say? And he said unto them, Go. <laughs> now, if Jesus can feel sorry for a demon, you've even my language has changed. Imagine it. If he can go. What about you? Uh, what about you? Uh, it doesn't. Demons had made a mistake. But there was grace available. He answered their prayer. Yet there were demons. There were unbelievers. And then for you, you worry whether God will answer your prayer of getting a job. Come on! Even that one he will answer. Even the next one he will answer. The Bible says that the Paul, I, Timotheus, and Silvanus preached. In him there was not nay and yea. In him there was no nay. That Jesus, that Silvanus, and Timotheus, and Paul preached. In him there was no nay. 
But in him there was yes. The Jesus, you guys will say, ah, for me, my Jesus can say no. Hey, that's not ours. That's not the God Apostle Grace preaches. He's not the God of Fanero. Hey, he's not the God of Fanero. In him, in ours, there is no name. But you can ask and God says no. For the son of God, Jesus, who was preached among you by us, even by me, Silvanus, Timotheus, Apostle Grace, Pastor Zach, was not nay, and nay, yea and nay, but in him was yea. In that one, the one, hey, the one we preach. Not, I know you have HIV, but maybe we shall see whether you'll be healed. You see, it might not be the will for you not to be healed. That one was preached by your other man of God. But the, the, the God I preach, when you say I want healing, yes. When you say I want answer, yes. For in Christ, all things are, yeah. And man, hallelujah. So I see heaven saying, Father, I want a G-Class 500 2015. Yeah, baby. I want a nice house. Yeah, baby. I want a husband. Yeah, baby. I want a ministry. Yeah, baby. I want a car. Yeah, baby. I want a nice shoe. Yeah, baby. I want a farm of land. Yeah, baby. I want a nice church. Yeah, baby. Big ministry. Yeah, baby. Deep worship. Yeah, baby. Deep prophecy. Yeah, baby. Deep evangelism. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Oh. The one I know. Tell you never choose between meat that perisheth and meat that perisheth not. The one I know never promised me no. He, he should not have made me want it in the first place if I shouldn't get it. Tell your neighbor, He's not my God. He's not my God. Oh, when I think of those things, I feel like dancing. But I remember I'm not in my bedroom. Even tonight, I promise you, God, I'm going to dance for a few minutes just to think that in you, there is no nay, but in you, there is yea and amen. Praise God. Just even the thought. That thought makes me want to scream. So, some of you say, why are people shouting? We're not shouting for nothing. Leave that God. Leave that God who is just purpose to spoil me. Whatsoever you ask, are you so? Are you so whatsoever? When every time I think of whatsoever experiences, I start to imagine the impossible things we are about to do in the world. That is why every member attending Fanero, you must have something behind you that looks impossible. Don't worry, they call cult anything they can't explain. But I pray you be unexplainable.
At least if you don't have faith for money, grow a tooth. <laughs> then if you have the anointing to grow teeth, stand on dentist shops. And every time somebody comes and tells him, boss, for 300,000 shillings, I can give you a new tooth. Listen, I was reading the memos, the memos of Smith Wigglesworth. He was arrested in Sweden for practicing medicine without a license. The brother was healing like a problem. Power the Holy Ghost, power the Holy Ghost. Until they said, no, arrest him. He doesn't have a medical. Doctors reported Smith. Doctors reported Smith Wigglesworth and said he is practicing medicine. Without a license. I pray it happens. I pray it happens. You enter theater rooms like a prayer. Simanya, your cousin has Simanya cancer. Situ is in coma. You enter there and say, Riba, Baba, Baranda, Raba, Kala, Landa, Lasatala. Excuse me, doctors. Give me a few minutes. Masakatala. Alexander Dowie healed in Zion, Illinois until doctors went plumbing. Doctors started to go study. They started to study plumbing. Doctors, doctors, medical doctors started plumbing. You find a man on a pipe and they ask him what happened. People in Zion don't get healed. Don't get sick. They don't get sick. Do you understand what I'm saying? And this I tell you as long as we live. One day you're going to see on a newspaper, Kampala, the most healthy city in the world. One day! One day! One day! Those are my things of Simanya, the Simanya lifespan of, of Ugandans. Oh, thank God we are Zionists. Masatalaba. <laughs> We are blood group Z. The blood that flows in your body is the same blood that flows in Jesus. That is why when you feel funny, you're so sad, a devil, you're joking. That is a silly joke. That is a very silly joke. Because you, listen, blood group O, blood group AB, Ours is the last letter, Z. There is no another letter. Sight, Zikaranda, Bazakatal. So, way. The life of God Himself. You wait for funeral members. 80 years old, they'll be walking like this. 90 years old, they'll be walking like this. 100 years old, they'll be walking like this. One more second day. Those are my things of 60. Tell your neighbor, I refuse that. I refuse that. I refuse that. Tell somebody, I know too much to be weak. Mugambi. I know too much to be weak. Tell him, I know too much to be sick. Tell him I'm not too much to be disadvantaged. Tell him I'm not too much to be poor. Tell him I'm not too much not to get married. Tell him I'm not too much. I'm not too much. 
Sharababa. Hosendele Barastava. Don't worry, even you one time you'll stand up when they are preaching. Even me, I was like that. I used to sit and I hear them preaching. Tell your neighbor, I eat eternal meat. I live eternal. I eat eternal. I sleep eternal. I'm eternal. Don't labor for meat which perishes. Don't. Labor for that which is eternal. Whatsoever thing is good. Whatsoever thing is lovely. Whatsoever thing is of good report. If it has any praise, any praise, any virtue, think on that thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Think on those what? Those things. Now let's continue. They say, this is the work of God that you might believe on him whom he has sent. They say therefore unto them, what sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What does thou work? And Jesus answered them and told them, this is the sign. This is the sign to believe. He said, our fathers ate manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Uh-huh, next verse. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread. Did you hear that? This is the sign. He said, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness. Did they die? Did they die? Yes, they died. That's how you know people are not following. Much take a day. Your fathers ate what? Man in the wilderness. John six forty nine says, and are dead. They ate and they are what? I'm telling you something that you eat and you don't die. So we are talking of meat that perisheth not. Do you get where I'm going? Now, this is the sign. Let's continue. He says, Verily I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. So he's saying, what you used to call bread, according to Moses, is not bread. It's not bread. Now when he says, take heed of the living, or the bread of the Pharisees, he means that the bread is a message. So he's saying, the message Moses gave you. The message Moses gave you. You see, can I say a mystery? Listen. Listen. I have come to understand this. When the Bible says that I was young and now I'm old, 
I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Neither their seed. Luke 8, 11 is? Huh? The word. Neither their seed. Word. Breaking revelation. Do you understand? What are you, you have understood? And me. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Neither their message begging bread. Their word can't beg bread. I can't stand in front of you and I tell you I need a house. I can't stand in front of you and tell you my kids need fees. I can't stand in front of you and tell you give us money. Give me. I can't tell you to give me. My word can't beg bread to eat. But deeper, it can't beg message. When we talk about the word not begging bread, we mean that I, the spirit, the message on me can't, it, it can't, it can't labor, it can't sweat to get revelation. Listen, some of you don't know that that was the ultimate curse on the ground and the punishment for man. He told him that out of the sweat of your face shall you eat bread. Those are people who fast for 40 years to get revelation. Me, I don't fast for 40 years to get revelation. I can sit on a plate of pork and while I'm eating it, Ecclesiastes is rolling. Job is inside. Matthew is inside. Why? Because the Bible says the word is nigh thee. It is inside you. It is in your mouth. That word which we preach, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the glory might be of the Lord. I mean to say, you will not sweat for revelation. You will not spend 40 days of fasting for God to speak to you. After you're full, you belt a bit and, do, uh, and then you say, God, speak. Because you're righteous. The righteous never beg bread. It's a curse for a man to read the Bible and not understand it. That's my point. That's meat that perishes. You can't read the Bible and not... If you're here and you're saying, I've been reading the Bible and I've not been understanding it. Now you've been delivered. Now! You will never beg bread. You will never beg bread. You will never beg bread. Even when you come for Fanero. You'll come just to add on the bread you already have. That is why it says when you gather, one with a hymn, one with a song, one with a prophecy, because the message of the gospel, Fanero is not supposed to be a bunch of called people we come to set ablaze. No, Fanero is supposed to be a bunch of people who are all set ablaze. They are not on the pulpit, but they are deep. They are not worshipping, but they are crazy. They are not teaching, but they understand it. You try them, Apollos, Take your message and try to be mighty in words and fervent in spirit. Find Priscilla and Aquila who have never stepped on a Jerusalem pulpit. Brother, they'll show you the right way. Why? Because they don't need to be on the pulpit. He said from the greatest to the least, they shall all know God. No man shall tell his neighbor, know the Lord. That's why when, when Apollos finds Priscilla and Aquila, he's shocked they've never stepped on pulpit. 
they cook food for the apostles, but brother, they are deep. The Bible says they took him aside and showed him the, the, the perfect way. They expounded unto him the way of the Lord perfectly. But Priscilla and Aquila are not even elders in the church at Jerusalem. No, they are just deep ushers. Almost take a day. So you don't even need to be on the pulpit with the Apostle Grace. But let somebody find you in your lunch time. You open for them scripture and then they say, you're supposed to be preaching. You tell them no. I just know too much. Say it's mine. Receive it. Say it's mine. Sinners beg for bread. The righteous never beg for bread. That is why we don't ask for our daily bread. Because we have the bread. It's Jesus. It's Jesus inside here. It's Jesus inside here. Oh my God. Did he say something wrong about the Lord's prayer to unbelievers? He was teaching unbelievers to pray. Not believers. Those men were not born again. They don't know what it means to have God inside. He told them pray this way. When we became born again, we went into realms where we don't even know how to pray. And the Holy Ghost came. Oh, oh, oh. And the next thing we knew, we were not saying our Father, which is at in heaven. No, we were saying, Marabakasata, Menderebaraba, Makarararaba, Sondorobobobobo, Sirelebara. And men looked at us. And they said we were crazy. We weren't. We were just maramandalabakayala. What do we mean by that? I mean to say we are rabazeketeleba. Even if, let me tell you, even if you're a Fanero member, and tomorrow you're going to get married, when you sit on a table with someone, first say, Rima Zakatala. Wait to hear. Are they going to answer and say Mandarabaka? Or are they going to say Bichabio? Learn to make public displays of Jehovah God. That is why me when I'm in public places, sometimes I want to pray in tongues a bit. So that the neighbor hears that we have occupied. Intentionally, when you go out in an expensive restaurant, remember Jehovah God got you there. When you're finished, speak a tongue and say, Manda Raba Kasha, let a beer, let a beer, Manda Rabasa, let a beer. Do you know why? Do you know why ministries are not growing? It is because certain individuals don't understand how these things work. Me, I told people, do you know why the devil had to get me out of taxis and buses? There were pulpits. Some of you are asking God for cars. Don't ask for cars. Make taxis your pulpits. You might feel your too handsome to do it. I can advise you. Switch off your mobile phone or put it in flight mode. And after it is in flight mode, act like you're preaching to a guy on phone. Martin Lokoka. Martin. Omani Bible, we're gamba. 
Kiesu alokola Elawonya stop you from talking on your mobile phone in Uganda. Nobody can stop you. Get in a bus and shout, Martin, the Bible says that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power and he went about doing good and healing all of them that were oppressed by the devil. And when you're about to come out, act like Martin wants to confess. Tell him, Martin, 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 listen, listen, honey, listen. Say, Lord Jesus. The devil will work night and day to get you out of a bus. He will buy you a car himself. Let me finish. Some of you are married. Let me finish. <laughs> Why here? Me, I'm shy to preach. If you fear that, get a, second, a certain friend and then act like they're the unborn again and open a conversation. Rita says, Act like you're in the dialogue, epilogues, Shakespeare. You remember? You see the Bible? Preach the gospel. Some of you women, you're beautiful for nothing. Guys just send you messages for, how can they, mama, mama, mama. The day he sends you a message is the day you release mystery. Make him understand, since you think you can have my time, I am persuaded I also have yours. Now listen. Great is the mystery of godliness. And then Hussein will be like Bichabio. He came in the flesh, vindicated by the spirit. He was seen by the angels. He was mystery. Then you open a funeral sermon. You preach it and say, Tell your neighbor it's working. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Now listen, listen. He's saying, Moses gave you what you call bread. And Jesus corrected and said, Nah, it is not bread. He says, But my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. What does it say next line? For the bread of God, not the bread of Moses, is he, Jesus, which cometh down from heaven and giveth life to the world. Next verse. Then said, they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Then he says, I am. He said, I am the bread. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So have you seen he has shown the place of manna and the bread Jesus? 
And he said, what Moses gave you? What did Moses give? It's not it. I am it. You can have the law and die. You can have ten commandments and fail to obey them. But you can't have me and die. Because I, I fulfilled the whole law. I knew no sin. I knew no sin. This is Jesus. Why do you want to go with what tells you what not to do and refuse to accept who can't do without being told not to? And who has the power not to bow to this? The Bible says that by the law, no flesh shall be justified. The place of justification is with the Christ. You know why people have a problem with us when we speak about the law? It is because we substituted the law with Jesus. We stopped don't, 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 and we accepted him who doesn't. Which is easier. Asking for water or fetching your own water. Do you get what I'm trying to tell you? So are you now understanding the meat that perisheth? It's like I was telling somebody something. Let me make this point and then we finish. Can I read it for you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Matthew 7, 17. Let me show you something about a mystery. Simple but good, beautiful. It says, one, two, three, let's go. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree, listen, cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth. Now, when he preaches the message of the tree, he tells them, look, some of you think you are the trees. No, you're not. He said, I am the vine. And you are the branches. Do you understand? I am the vine. And you are the branch. And the Bible says that a good tree. Cannot bring forth. If a what? Fruit. Now, let's understand. If you are the branch, Jesus is the vine. God is the husbandman. Eh? And he said that a good tree cannot, he didn't say, cannot bring out a, good, a bad branch to bring out a bad fruit. No, he skipped the ministry of the branch. And he said, <laughs> you understand? And, and he said, listen, he said, I am I am the good tree. And you are the branch. And he said, that one can't, I, I the tree, can't bring forth what? Bad fruit. He can't. I, Jesus said, I can't. Now, if he says, I can't, Jesus has claimed the result of your fruit. You understand? Now, where is the branch here? How can the branch told, be told, don't lie, don't steal? <laughs> Try to understand. This is not about the ability of the branch. This is the tenacity of the tree. 
and the responsibility of the tree is to bring forth fruit. For you are just a chimido thing called conduit. Now, how can I come to that branch and say, don't steal. You see why they're asking how? Because even that branch wants to understand how can it when the owner of the tree has fruit, good fruit. Like the people who are not born again. Even if you tell them, be faithful. You didn't tell him don't cheat on your wife. You told him, be faithful. How? Because this is a bad tree. Even if you deal with it a thousand years, it will sting you. You can't avoid it. Do you understand? Now, when the Bible says, for example, that you are God's workmanship created and took in Christ Jesus and two good works, it means there was a divine configuration for good. Created. Created. You are God's workmanship. You, the fruit, the, 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 the what? The branch. You are, you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus and two good works. Literally put, literally put, you are Apostle Francis Watch created to move clockwise. Which God has ordained, the word ordained is anointed, has given you an anointing that you should walk in that clockwardness. That is the battery. So now my watch is clockwise. Now imagine I'm telling my watch, don't walk anti-clockwise. Don't walk anti-clockwise. What does it stay doing? Do you understand? Don't walk anti-clockwise. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Don't covet. Don't, don't, don't. When I'm wired to do these things, how, how can I now turn? That's a dead clock. You are God's workmanship created to move clockwise. You don't need an anti-clockwise instrument or instruction. You don't need to be instructed to move unless you have a bad tree. That's why I'm starting to realize some people who think they are born again, they are not. But heaven is going to shock people. I know there are certain men who criticize us. And you know the other day the Lord was telling me, Grace, some of these men are going to be shocked to see you in heaven. God told me. He told me some of these men who criticize you, they are going to be shocked to see you in heaven. But you're going to be more shocked to see some in hell. More shocked. Do you understand what I mean? Heaven is going to surprise people. <laughs> Some people on the earth, they have already judged their brother's cult. They know who is cult. But heaven is going to surprise people. Some people will come when I'm with Jesus. I'm saying, what up, man? Cool. I feel you. And they'll be like, hey, Apostle Grace, I'm going Heaven is going to surprise men. I have seen that day. Heaven is going to surprise people. You wait. Let me tell you, if a good tree, are you hearing me? If a good tree 
produces evil fruit, then God is a liar. Are you hearing? If an evil tree produces good fruit, then God is a liar. This is now to God to lie. But he said, let God be true and every man a liar. The reason why we preach the grace of God is to explain to you this. If you are indeed planted and Jesus is the tree and you're the branch, you cannot. You, that's why when John saw it, he says, that which is born of the tree cannot commit sin. For his seed, the Amplified calls it the divine spam remaineth in him and he cannot practice sinning because he's begotten of the father. So this is beyond, that's why when somebody steals and they're under grace, I am so shocked. I'm not annoyed. I'm shocked. I'm like, how? Because the Bible says we have become a law unto Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now I understand why the psalmist said, he said that, look, they walk without wisdom, without knowledge. He says, see, they do not know, neither do they walk in understanding. And the Bible says, and now they walk in darkness. And because they walk in darkness, the foundations of the world are out of course. Do, do you realize that when the Bible says the foundations of the world are out of course, it means that if the world is the way it is, it is it's because certain men are still walking in a certain darkness by reason of a certain lack of knowledge and wisdom. When the Bible says that the foundation of the world is out of course, the foundations are out of course, it means that the things that make the world stand are dependent on you woman seated in Fanero. You, sir. Sijui earthquakes. Those things are killing people because of Christians. Earthquakes are not supposed to be killing people. No. But when the world is out of course, when the foundations are out of course, it is because men have forgotten that they are gods. They are gods. Let me tell you something. When the Bible spoke of the dew that fell, do you realize that the dew fell before manna? Do you realize that the Old Testament says dew fell before manna? Now, what falls before bread in the New Testament dispensation? Rivers of living water. What falls in the New Testament dispensation is no longer due for manna. The Bible says they called it manna because they knew not what it was. Do you know what it means? They were eating what they didn't understand, meaning they were studying a, a message they didn't understand. They are told don't steal, but they don't understand why they don't stop stealing. They are told don't lie, but they don't understand why they can't stop lying. They called it manna, the Bible says, because they knew not what it was. Now you, you know what it is. Because what you're eating is not manna. What you're eating is the son of God. And the things that have been made invisible have now been made visible. That men are without excuse. He is the express image of the invisible God. And now he's not falling from heaven. He's living inside you. Oh, that is why I prophesy upon your life. Put up your hands wherever you are. Oh my God. 
I see the scriptures saying that the fields are as white and ready. They are white and ready. I see that you are ready for success. I see that you're ready for increase. I see that you're ready for multiplication. I see that you're ready for substance. I see that you're ready for meat that perisheth not. For meat that is eternal. I see that you're ready. And that is why the Bible says that the law is old. The book of Hebrews says and that which is ready to give way because it was waxed old. You're under grace now. You don't need to be told not to steal because you have one who can't steal. And that's the truth. And I pray by God that you'll produce fruit that echoes through eternity. That the Lord will do signs, miracles, and wonders in your life. That you will lift up Jesus and he will draw men unto himself. For it is not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. I decree upon your life, you will finish well. You will stand. You will not falter. You will not fall. You'll produce fruit, not in the seasons of men, but in your own season. Your bread and water shall not run out. You will never beg bread. You'll never sweat by face to get bread. Because now the second Adam is come. Which is the bread? Which is the revelation? In Jesus' mighty name. Give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. I need to ask one question. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, just raise your hand wherever you are. I want to pray for you. If you want to get born again. I see hands there. Praise God. Anybody else? I see another hand there. Praise God. I see another one there. You want to give Jesus, your life to Jesus. Praise God. I see three more. I see somebody in the back. Praise God. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus. I believe with my heart. And I confess with my mouth. That you died and rose again. And from today henceforth. You're the Lord of my life. I'm born again. In Jesus' name. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest. <laughs>